EFTM Tech Cars Lifestyle This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long EFTM Alright, welcome to the EFTM Podcast It's mid-October Bathurst is, was on the weekend and it was a cracking race Formula One in Japan and it's just all good, right? It's all good. Times are good. Let's be happy. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And I'll get straight to the point. This is it. I'm doing the retro episode. So that's to come. Uh, <laughs> we're about to take a very archival look down memory lane. But before we do that, um, there is a bit going on, and we'll cover all these stories and a lot more on Two Blokes Talking Tech. But I have to talk just quickly about the ACCC and the TPG, TPG Vodafone and Telstra network sharing deal. Um, it's bugging me a lot. And I, I'm really asking for anyone listening that lives in regional areas or anyone listening that travels more often than other places to regional areas because I think this affects you. Um, remember, quick reminder here um the tpg when i say tpg i mean vodafone network okay that's what it's called now it's called tpg um tpg and telstra announced some time ago that they were going to share networks now tpg owns some really important spectrum up in the sky that telstra wouldn't darn well mind having access to um, because it's valuable um vodafone TPG is not the biggest network in Australia in terms of coverage. Um, they certainly have one heck of a uh, um, cu customer base, especially in city areas. But what's interesting is they want to do a deal with Telstra. And Telstra wants to do this deal as well, where if you're a Vodafone customer, for example, or a TPG or an Ionet or a Kogan customer, and you're in Timbuktu, and there's just not enough bars of coverage there from TPG Vodafone, You'll just use the, the Telstra network. Now, this is not unheard of. And as was clarified to me in a chat on the Man Cave, the Facebook group, um, uh, TPG currently have a network sharing deal with, with Optus. So if you're in not a good area, you'll actually use the Optus network, 3G only. So this deal is about 4G and 5G and going forward. So no wonder Optus is grumpy. They don't get the network sharing wholesale money that they currently get when Vodafone customers switch onto the Optus network. Telstra are doing this for two reasons. They want to clip the ticket on Vodafone customers when they roam. Fine. They also want access to TPG spectrum because they have this really important spectrum. And so they want to they want to work together to build a, a robust and a national network that uses everyone's spectrum and everyone's customers and it's all happy days. And if you're wondering why Telstra would do this, they know they're big and people are loyal and they're not going to suddenly burn and lose millions of customers. But they also know that there will be some people who churn. And my argument for this, and to be very clear, I made a submission to the ACCC. The ACCC are investigating this, should this happen. And they call this the regional coverage zone, which is around 4.4 million people. Um, I made a submission to the ACCC when they started this investigation. And you can read that submission. I linked to it on my website. I basically said, I've been in this game for a while and I talked to real people about their plans and their deals. I said, it's my view that this network sharing agreement will be positive for all Australians. Most importantly, a huge deal for regional Australia who could save hundreds of dollars a year by using a different carrier on the TPG network but still get the advantage of the Telstra coverage broadly in regional Australia. And I went to the point of saying, if if you lived in Grong Grong, New South Wales, which is just outside Narendra, uh, and $58 a month with Telstra, unlimited calls, 40 gigabytes of data, and that same customer under this deal could switch to Kogan and pay $25 a month and save $396 a year. If there's 8 million people living outside capital cities, that's $3 billion. Now, we know it's $4.4 million the way they've... Um, deemed the numbers. So let's call it $1.5 billion. That's a huge potential saving for average users. 
across Australia. Now, the preliminary kind of assessment statement of views by the ACCC doesn't seem to indicate they're excited about this. They seem to think that the 10-year plan, what happens after 10 years? Um, will regional customers be left with nothing? Um, how? Who's investing in regional Australia? Telstra still is for people. So is Optus. TPG's not going to. Let's be frank. They're not going to suddenly start building thousands of towers out there um, because they would have to charge so much to recoup that they wouldn't be competitive in the market. So what they're doing is they're going to be competitive in the market under this network sharing agreement. So if you live in Timbuktu, Grong Grong, wherever it is, or you know someone there, and you're thinking, I'm stuck with Telstra, you shouldn't be. You should be able to go with a different telco and save good money. That's my point. Everyone should have that choice. The ACCC themselves chose not to allow all carriers to do domestic roaming, which is roaming across networks. That's That was their decision. They are the ones knocking back competition here. So if you live in regional Australia, you know someone in regional Australia, get in touch with them, tell them. You need to, at EFTM.com, if you go under on the radio, there's a clear link to this, to this story this week. EFTM, I've written this, EFTM encourage you to make your own submissions to the ACCC. Because I think it's really critical they hear from everyday people. And the email address is there, mergerauthorizations at accc.gov.au, but then there's a submission number you need to give. I highly recommend you make a submission. I really do. Because I think the power of people, if we all, if everyone listening to this right now took just 10 minutes of their life to go to EFTM, click on this regional mobile story, and then click on the link to the email and made a submission. You don't have to go formal. I wrote a letter. I made it a bit formal. You don't have to be formal. You could just say, I'm making a submission about the TPG Telstra deal. And I think customers should have choice. I think there should be competition. I think customers could save money. And that's a good thing for Australians. If they hear that from thousands of people, frankly, if they hear that from hundreds of people, it will overwhelm them. Because I looked at the... um, I looked at the ACCC website and I found the kind of list of submissions because, you know, they publish all the submissions, right? Um, there, there was only, I think, 160 submissions. Now, that's a lot for them to read and get through and all that kind of stuff. But that's nothing. If, if 160 people send an email, that'll stand up very strongly um, against any organizations and by the way optus is one of those organizations that doesn't want this to happen um let's use people power let's ask the question so if you have a view on this if you have an experience in this make a submission okay go to the website eftm.com click on the regional mobile story and you will see there very clearly the ACCC email and the submission number you need to make. Send an email. It's so easy to do. You don't have to write a letter, make a PDF and attach it like I did. You can see in other submissions, they're just emails. Just send them an email. Let's let's get the ACCC, which stands for Australian Competition Consumer Commission. Competition for consumers, people. The two words out of that three are in the title of the ACCC. Let's make this about giving choice and competition to consumers again. Because I think that's I think that's a good thing. I think that will be well received. Anyway, let me know what you think. If you have a view, I'd be keen to hear from you. You can also go to the website eftm.com and click Ask Trev. This is the EFTM Podcast. So I made a commitment some weeks ago that I would play an archived episode of the Chip for Brains radio show, which was a show I started sometime in 2007. It's a radio show, uh, Thursday nights with Brian Wilshere. Brian Wilshere hosted, uh, I'm going to say 7 p.m. till midnight on 2GB back in the day. Uh, And I also worked there. Uh, And I said to you a few weeks ago, if I got enough 
uh, ratings and reviews on the on the website on the on podcast app, I would publish one of these archived episodes. So to Jono, to Marg, which might have been written by Rob, to Rob, to Singmill, to Laomo44, who says they're old enough to remember Chip for Brains. Wow. Um, to Etch-A-Sketch, to Steve-O. I'm just really disappointed, though. <laughs> there's, a, there's a rating that was left on September 27, which says, awesome show, always helpful to everyone and a treat to listen to. Um, kind of love the talkback format, but but it's only one star. This was written by The Blokes Fan. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm assuming you're a fan of Two Blokes Talking Tech. You've, you've left a wonderful review, but, it, but it's just one star. What have you done? Oh, I hope you can go back and edit that, whoever you are. <laughs> what are you doing? Anyway, um, so thank you to, to the people that left reviews. Uh, Steve-O, that was a really lovely review. Um, I appreciate it. And, yeah, they're nice reviews. So what I've done, so the archive I've got is not exhaustive, I'm disappointed to say, um, but it was on a single DVD. And it goes, there are episodes from May 2007 through to June 2008. So what I've done is I've picked the episode. I haven't listened to any more than one. I've only listened to one, and it's the one I'm putting here. I've picked the episode that was the 15th of October 2007 because that is – 15 years ago. And the humorous thing about it is it's essentially in this same week. And you'll understand why that is a funny thing at the very, very start of this show. So for context for people who haven't listened to me for 15 years, and that's okay, um, the the pro, Brian Wilshire was a talkback host. Um, and it might have been 8 o'clock he started. But anyway, um, I think it was. Sport from six to eight, yeah, maybe. Anyway, um, he would do different guests every night. So he'd have a pharmacist on before me. The pharmacist was on from eight to nine. I was on from nine to ten, for example. Different nights of the week, different things, valuations, all these different things. And then he would have a couple of hours of his own um, talk back. And, uh, you know, he, Brian was um, ahead of his time. He was a man that was reading the dark depths of the internet before it became social media. He was a man with what we would now call conspiracy theories, um, uh, second-guessing, you know, the reported news faster than before anyone else. Um, and he was fun to listen to, and he was a brilliant radio announcer. Um, lived out in uh, northwestern Sydney. I hope he's still well. Um, and this episode aired this week of the year, 15 years ago. So without any editing... The only thing that's not in it is the ad breaks because they were not in the podcast. This has everything from Brian's paneling mistakes through to uh, my own bumbling. Uh, it has all the sponsors from then. And it is a literal time capsule of technology 15 years ago. Ladies and gentlemen, on the EFTM podcast, myself 15 years ago, Brian Walshie 15 years ago on Radio 2GB with a show we called Chip for Brains. Aha! Here at the Samurai School of Computer Knowledge, we teach you how to poke the button properly. First, you prepare yourself. Cleanse your mind. Loosen your shoulders. Relax your finger. Hold finger at 45 degree angle to intimidate the mouse. Then you hit enter. Ah, this is how you surf internet properly. We teach you these little tricks at Samurai School of Computer Knowledge. Now on 2GB, Chip for Brains with Trevor Long, thanks to Sanyo Anyloop, the world's first ready-to-use rechargeable battery. Yeah, once again, very good evening to Trevor Long, and uh, Trevor is the gentleman in the hot seat to answer your questions on 131873. G'day, Trevor. What's new? I'm sorry, there's your microphone. Right. I'm really not sorry. sure why that crowd keeps turning up every Thursday night when they can just sit at home on the radio. It's the giveaways. Probably the is. Macquarie Auditorium has such comfortable seats. Exactly. Good on the Macquarie Auditorium in Phillips Street. Actually, I think they came in to get out of the rain. I, you know what? I spent all day inside 
Went out to a little earlier. Don't tell my wife. She's probably not listening. You get a paddle pop. Yep. And it was pouring rain. I had no so idea. Yeah, yeah. Really should get out more. Mm. People say that to me. But anyway, life goes on. Um, it's been a busy week. Bathurst, of course. Got to mm. love it. But that's got nothing to do with technology. Although <laughs> I did, uh, thanks yeah. thanks to the good people at Sanyo, I did spend a lovely weekend in their corporate facility. Mm. They took over the naming rights of Hell Corner. I'm not a big fan really? of taking over the naming right. rights of things, but oh, uh, yes. let's call it Sanyo Corner. But mm. anyway, it was a good weekend, but um, a busy week, lots doing. Mm. Um, one thing I will quickly do, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about the Kodak Gold CDs and DVDs, mm. and we had some to give away. I thought I'd quickly uh, run through the winners because um, yeah. they'll all be getting those in the post now. Patrick from Mascot, Mark from Beaumont Hills, Carolyn from Sylvania, Cess from Homebush Bay, and Fred from Marrickville uh, win a pack of 10 CDs. Andrew from Bosley Park, Bridget from Normanhurst, Suzanne in Brisbane, Jason from Pendle Hill, and Tony in Sydney uh, win DVD. So um, <clears throat> I've been uh, emailed all those people. Get your addresses and we'll send those out to you. Trying to get as many little giveaways as we can just to keep it interesting. Um, and in fact, uh, we've got I've got a box load of Sanyo AnyLoop batteries in. So mm-hmm. um, And Brian, you've got some of those now. Yes, so I yep. hope you've put those in your... Uh, Ready to roll. I haven't put them in anything yet. You don't need to charge them, you see. You mm. just take them out of the packet and put them in. Mm. So uh, what I've done is I've put a page on on my website, trevorlong.com, with, uh, with giveaways so that if we ever have things to give away, we'll put them there. You mm. can uh, just make a comment, uh, tell us why you want to win them, and uh, every week we'll uh, between now and the end of December, we'll uh, give away some uh, some batteries. The batteries, the charge of the whole kit, uh, it's a good little pack. And, in fact, between now and Christmas... We have three of the uh, brand new uh, Sanyo mm. waterproof cameras mm. to give away. Solid state, no moving parts. A little SD memory card, uh, mm. high capacity SD uh, works in it, so you can have the the four, the eight, and whatever comes after that gigabyte capacity. A fun little thing, uh, valued mm. at, I think six ninety nine at mm. Camera House, but. Uh, um, we, we grabbed a, uh, a bucket and put some water in it today to test it. A very scary thing to do the first time, drop mm. a digital camera in water. But we did it. I had Murray in the office there and we filmed mm. it. I actually put uh, I put a little posting on my website there and I filmed it. I put it up on YouTube. Yep. So easy to do because you just put, you've recorded So when the we video. go to YouTube, what do we look for? Uh, Trevor's camera well, in the bucket? Much or? easier just to go to trevorlong.com and I just embedded okay. the video into the page. But, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, you just record the video and then it's on the memory card. Mm-hmm. Copy that onto your computer and it's just, yep. a, it's a computer file. You've it's, copied it onto the computer and it's a, an it's, AVI, it's just, what is it? Well, it's so an MP, MPEG-4, so it's MPEG-4. MP4. Right. How did you get that onto YouTube then? All you do is you, if you've got a YouTube account mm-hmm. and it's easy to get, they're free. Then mm-hmm. you go to, you go to your account and you click upload video. You give it a title, you give it a description, you tell it you want it to be public or private, and then you click browse, you find that file. Browse, and you're browsing your computer, you go to videos, find the file, file, click on it. Click upload video, took Ah. took a minute or two, and then it takes maybe three to four minutes for YouTube to process that file and convert it it to their format. Right. You'll you'll notice when you watch it, it's a little pixelated and things. Now, that's the Mm -hmm. YouTube quality because it's been downgraded. But it's just such an easy process, and that's the great thing about uh, solid-state uh, digital video recorders, let alone uh, uh, digital still cameras. You don't have to mm. uh, draw the, the images in, the pictures in. So with a, a tape, like a, a mini-DV or some, some other style mm. uh, of video recorder, you have to actually capture the video. You have to press play and capture all the video in. So if you've got a one-hour video, you need to press play and mm. record that one hour into your computer and then make it into a file. Whereas with a little handheld like this... Uh, it's it's there. It's a file already. It's it's mm. a wonderful little thing. They've got high-definition versions coming out. But anyway, it's good stuff. Um, one of the other things I wanted to quickly talk about before we go to calls, and obviously anyone who's got a question, comment, thought, opinion, give us a call, 131873. Mm. I was thinking today it's, it's, it's a good thing to think about now leading up to Christmas. If you've got uh, questions or comments that you want to have answered before Christmas, it, it might help us. We might be able to help you um, help you make a decision on that. All kids taking no responsibility except by the management and staff of the program for educational purposes. And you're having you got my punctuation. There you go. We'll get over it. Oh, we'll sort it out. It's, I'll uh, sort it out for you during the show. No, no apostrophe for plurals. Absolutely. There not. you go. All right. Let's take some calls. One three one eight seven three. Good day, Rhonda. Yes. Hello. Hello there. Hi, Rhonda. Um. Hi. Um. Look, I've got a computer. It's a compact Presario. Mm-hmm. Um. And I want to get the internet on, and I know nothing about it. Can you tell me what I need? Well, what a broad and open question. <laughs> uh, how old is the computer? Compact Presario. It could be, could be very old because well, compacts are very old. Well, it's a Compact Presario 2240. When, when did you get it, Rhonda? 
Uh, well, it's it's not mine actually. It's a daughter's, and it's been left here when she moved. Um, mm. So I'm going to sort of um, you know use it. Yep. Well, look. Um, basically, basically, what you need to do is you need to get a modem. You need to get a. And I wouldn't be looking at getting dial-up now. I'd be starting straight at ADSL. Yeah. Well, as as a, 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 on the computer, it says that it's got a 64-bit graphics. It's mm. got innovative Microsoft. You don't need to worry about any of that, Rhonda. What, what you've got is a computer that works. You've got a computer yeah. that turns on. Yeah. All you need now is a connection to the outside world. Yeah. So what you need to do is you need to ring around. You need to ring your Aussie Mail, your Big Pond, your Unwired, your Telstra, all those different people. And you want mm. to find find something that matches your price. We had a similar call last week, in fact. Mm. Um, have, a, have a quick shop around to the, to the big internet companies. And the, the telephone companies are internet companies as well. Optus, Telstra, Vodafone, mm. as well as Unwired, uh, Big Pond, all those different people. Now, once you've decided who you're going to go with, then you need to order it. Now, most of them have ready-to-go packs that will that you can get out of the mail, but you sound like the sort of person that might want someone to come out and do it for you. So you need to ask about that sort of thing. I know Unwired have a, a come-to-you system with a, a broadband to go. I think the company's called, and they actually come out and they install it for you. And this is through the phone line, is it? Well, Unwired doesn't use a phone line at all. So you don't need a phone line at so all. So I'd have to buy some piece of expensive equipment. No, no, Unwired just uses the air. Mm. No matter what you do, you're going to have to buy something extra, a little modem or something on the side. It's going mm. to cost you between $100 and $200. Mm. So you, 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 that is going to happen no matter what you do. So it's a matter of shopping around for that. And then you just need to choose the right provider. So I would call the people I would call quickly is I would call Unwired. I, would call, I would call Big Pond mm. and I would call Aussie Mail. No, no reason other than they're the three companies that I've, I'm aware of and I've used and I can, I can tell you you'll get good help and support for. Mm. Everyone has great services. Everyone has great prices and that's shop around. But if you don't want to spend a lot of time, ring, one, ring those three, shop around, tell them what you've got and they'll get you connected. There won't be a problem there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the big question then is getting to know how to use it. So um, that's, that's the next step is education. Yeah. So when you say that I, I would need a modem, mm-hmm. um. This machine says it's got a 56K modem. You don't want that. That's dial-up. That uses your phone line. It's Mm. slow. It's laborious. And these days, you can can get internet cheaper than dial-up. Can you? Yeah. You don't want to start out with dial-up. Skip dial-up. It's 10-year-old technology. Mm. Um, I know it sounds like a lot to spend $200 up front, but, you know, I don't know how much ADSL modems are off the top of my head, but I can tell you that Unwired, for example, if you have good service in your area, and I think you live in, in the inner west, yes, I, um, I think you'll have good service there, but, but there's no guarantee there. But ring them up and they'll, they'll tell you exactly whether, you're not got, whether or not you've got service. Mm-hmm. But for $100, you get a modem. And you get complete connectivity. And for, for as little as $20 a month or even less, you're on the internet. And they'll come out to you and set it up. So give Unwired a call. And if, mm. if they're not satisfied with that, give Telstra a call. They're, they've all, they're all made to, to help people like you and get you on the internet. Mm. But I would steer away from using dial-up internet because it is slow. Um, and it, frank, frankly, it's just not the place you want to start these days. Mm. All right? Okay. So why don't you give that a try? And why don't you let us know how you go? I will. All right. Okay, thank you very much. Bye. Thanks, Rhonda. Brains with Trevor Long. Thanks to Senyo Anyloop, the world's first ready-to-use rechargeable battery. And Trevor, stores such as uh, Dick Smith, Tandy, have the Anyloop. Tandy, all those sort of places. It's a a good little battery worth getting. Just quickly, um, I had a call, uh, I had an email, in fact, from someone who works in in the building here who um, had a phone call from a lovely lady named... Mm -hmm. uh, Named Robin, who was looking for me off the air trying to get my help. Now, mm-hmm. I, I was very slack. I had a week off after the football, and I didn't get back to Robin. And I gave her a call tonight to see how she was, and she'd already fixed a problem. But it got she got to talking with me, and she talked about a computer club. And I said to her, I said, look, just stop there for a second. What's this computer club you talk about? Now, she tells me she's a part of a, of a computer club for seniors in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. Now, that's where she lives. And I had a bit of a look, and I looked it up on the internet, and there's a thing called the Australian Seniors Computer Clubs mm-hmm. Association. Now, it's a sort of a long-winded name, but it's ascca.org.au. Now, they operate computer clubs for seniors all across Australia. In Sydney alone, there's 67 different clubs in all the different areas of Sydney. Mm-hmm. Now, I just think it's a fantastic idea. I think, and, and look, no disrespect to my, my grandfather, my wife's grandfather, Clem, who lives in Pimble. I think this is exactly what I'm going to refer him to. He's always asking me 
Uh, and other people ask me the same question. Where, what can I read? What book can I read to learn about computers? I, there's not something specific I want to know. I just want to know about computers. And mm. there's a lot of dummies books, you know, Internet yes. for Dummies, Word mm. for Dummies, all those different mm. things. But I've had a look at computers for dummies or PCs for dummies, and I actually don't think they're dumb enough. I don't think they're simple enough. I think mm-hmm. people really do need some really simple computer training yeah. before you get into the in, mm-hmm. into the internet, let alone Word and those sort of things. Now, I using uh, uh, Robin's experience and, and her local club, I actually rang the the person who runs her local club, a lovely bloke named Mark Joffe, and um, and he he operates the Paddington uh, Eastern Suburbs version of this club, and mm-hmm. had a long chat with him. And look, it's very simple. Each club is different, so don't take my word for the fees. But for example, this Eastern Suburbs club. You pay $10 to join. Mm-hmm. You pay $10 annual membership fee. And you pay something like $25 per term. Just like a school, eight-week mm-hmm. term. And you get to do a one-hour cl- one class every week. Now, they operate classes all through the week. They've got like six computers, and they have people come in and volunteer and teach people things. So it works out at $3 a class. Mm-hmm. If you're a senior sitting at home, you've got a computer or you want to get a computer, I highly recommend that you get onto this Seniors Club Association. Mm. Now, there's a phone number because obviously if you're not into computers, you're not going to go to the website. Yeah. The phone number is 9286-3871. I don't know if that's someone's house, so maybe don't call them right now. Mm. But uh, 9286-3871, and I'll leave the number with Michael. Uh, is that on your website? Uh, it is actually. I, I did right. put it on the website. I don't know if I put the phone number on there, but I will. I will put the phone number on there. Mm-hmm. I put it in the My Links section of my website. Trevorlong.com. That's it. Australian mm-hmm. Seniors Computer Clubs Association, ASCCA.org.au. And again, the phone number is 9286-3871. And it's just, they're just volunteers. So mm. all around Sydney, and you can look, you can ring them, tell them where you live, and they'll find your club. If you have got internet access and you go to the website, there's a whole list of all the different clubs, so you can try and find the one that's closest to you. Ring them up, email them, and join up. And it sounds like a wonderful idea to go along and just learn how to use a computer, how to use Word, how to use the internet. They, they mm. run courses week, week to week. Uh, all the different uh, clubs have different, you know, uh, what would you call them, curriculums, I suppose. Um, but, you know, I, I just think it's a great idea. I really do. It's, yeah. it's seniors getting together to learn computers together um, in a volunteer situation. So there's, you know, no pressure. It's very cheap. Um, and frankly, while while we have the airwaves, I would encourage any company who has computers surplus or um, money to spare, this is the sort of thing that needs funding. Um, you know, mm. th- this thing could do really well to educate everyone, let alone seniors. And I, I'm, I'm wondering whether anyone knows of any clubs like this that exists for the everyday Joe, not just seniors, because I would love to recommend people to go to them. But if you're a senior, you've got a computer and you want to learn more about it, the Australian Seniors Computer Clubs Association. Fantastic idea. So um, good on them. Indeed. 131873 is our number. This is 2GB. G'day, Jack. Hello. Hello there. Hey, Jack. How can we help you, mate? Good evening. Uh, I'm having a bit of a problem with my emails. Uh... When I when I log on to receive my email, mm-hmm. I'm getting just the heading, but not the body of the email itself. Right. Now this has been happening. It's happening in the last couple of weeks. I was using originally uh, Outlook Express, and uh, I thought it might be a problem with it, so I changed it to uh, Mozilla Thunderbird, which did the same thing, and now I'm using out, out just Outlook. Yeah. Now when I log on to my uh, server's website. And check my my email there. All my emails are there. Mm. It's just when I try to download them on my computer that I just get the headings. And is it every single email or just a few? No, so some some about so from about ten of them, two can get through. Mm. The rest, the rest, they don't. Look, and there, there are there's a couple of things to look at. It's uh, it's not an easy one, but there's a there's a thing called basically it's called headers only. For, for large items. Now, it does depend on what version of Outlook you have, so you're going to need to have a bit of a search around for it. But what you need to look for is in the Tools menu, and if you're using a more recent version of Outlook, it's going to be in Tools, and then under Send and Receive, or Send and Receive Settings, you need to go in and edit those settings, or edit the Send and Receive group. Now, when you go there, you look for a, look for something... And it'll be something along these lines. Download the complete item, including attachments or something like that. Or download only headers. 
for items that are larger than a certain amount. So that's probably what's happening is, is you're getting emails from people which have images attached, or not just attached, just part of the, the email, and they're, they're bigger than a certain size, and that size might be very, very small. Yeah, and you I, need to, I, you need I to understand tick it. that, but why, why did why it start happening now? I've been using AutoExpress since, since uh, I installed the Windows XP two or three years ago. Jack, I if, never had the problem before. If we had the answer to that question, we wouldn't be helping people at all because these things just happen. I don't want to. You know what? There's no problem. There's no point thinking about why it happened because. Oh, I see. You know, we we can't go back and and make it not happen again. What we need to do is just fix it. So you need to you need to go in. Oh, I would be concerned if you fix it and then it comes back again and keeps doing that. But I don't think it'll happen. It could be that you, you hit some sort of shortcut on the keyboard or someone else flicked through the computer. It could be anything. It could be any reason at all. What you need to do now is just spend a quick couple of minutes, go into the tools, the send and receive settings, the groups, something about attachments, something about downloading, and look for that download only headers and you want to untick that so that it downloads everything. Okay, um, that's what you need to do. Um, and I think you'll have some luck with that, Jack. All right? Okay, then. Thanks very much. Good luck, mate. Bye-bye. Thanks, Jack. Thank you. Oh, incidentally, Channel 7 is going to make an off-market uh, offer for unwired. They want 100%. Yeah. Like Channel 7 are being very aggressive uh, mm. in, in new media. I mean, they mm. uh, they own they either own all or a massive majority of Engine, the, mm-hmm. uh, the VOIP, which is Voice Over Internet Protocol um, system, which allows you to buy a little Engine box, and you plug mm. it into your ADSL, and you can then plug a phone into it, and you can make phone calls mm. over the internet for, you know, 10 cents or really, really cheap. So... I mean, you know, Seven are a very progressive company, and uh, I, don't, I think Kerry Stokes knows what he's doing. So, mm. um, you know, Unwired, the, the other big thing about Unwired and the reason that there's so much growth and, and, you know, talk about them on the share market is not only because what they have now is a fantastic product, but what they own is they own Spectrum. And that's just the space up in the sky. Oh, yeah. I don't profess yeah. to understand. They got what, bandwidth. What they, they own is the allocated Spectrum. Allocated bandwidth. Exactly. But yeah. they own the Spectrum that will allow WiMAX to be used. Now, WiMAX is the next big thing with regards to connecting to the internet. Hadn't heard about this. You talk about Wi-Fi, and Wi-Fi is is if you've got a little little router and it's wireless, I can connect my devices to that, you know, if Mm. we're in the next room or whatever. WiMAX is like that on a massive scale. Mm. So they set up a a WiMAX, you know, router, for example. It's a silly terminology, but that's what it is. Just like mobile phone towers, it's just a WiMAX tower or router everywhere across, and it'll cover the whole country. And so they own that spectrum in, I, to be honest, I don't know if it's across Australia or just in Sydney, but I think, uh, you know, between them and Ostar regionally, the, the spectrum is covered. So that's the future. And there's a lot of talk about the government investing in broadband and WiMAX technologies. And that's 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 who owns the spectrum. So that's why, that, and that's a very simplistic version of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's much more complicated than that. But that's why there is so much uh, talk about unwired. Right. All right. Good on them. It's so pretty complex, isn't it? It's ridiculously complex. All you need we to know is... We get used to Wi-Fi, then we're told, yeah, well, this other thing has what greater bandwidth you're going to have. It has more bandwidth and, quicker and a greater to download reach. Things so with that, Wi-Fi, yeah. you can only you, know, it's, you set it up in a coffee shop. Yeah. With Wi-Max, you set it up on Centerpoint Tower. It covers a whole city. Oh, Do you know man. what I mean? It's 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 expansive. It's max. I could throw my microwave away, just put the pie out on the window and... I don't think it's that Ambient big Ambient microwaves will cook it. But if you'd like to do that, you could try it. I think <laughs> it might right. take a little while. But we'll, the question is, will it crisp it up? Because you need your pie to be crispy. Now, I get the magnifying glass out then and just focus the sun's okay. rays. Because and... a microwave pie is no good. Yeah. It's got to be oven. All right, let's take some more calls. Hello, Jay. Is that Jay? How can we help you, mate? Oh, hi, Trevor. Um, sorry, uh, I just pulled over. Uh, um, I oh, no, thinking. it can be very boring and distracting listening to me. <laughs> sorry about this. Uh, my uh, question is about the digital video cameras, mm. uh, not specifically the high definition ones, even mm. the standard definition. Mm. In terms of what you see as the, I mean, I'm, I'm, from my perspective, the moving into you know SD cards and stuff mm. like that in terms of holding the the data on it. Well, look, it's funny. I bought, um, I started doing a fun little uh, car review show about a year and a half ago with uh, with. Chris Bowen, who works here on the Hadley Show, and uh, and we, bo- I, I wanted to buy a camera, so we went and bought a little Panasonic, you know, three CCD. It's three chips. It's you know, it's a very good little digital camera, cheap, and yep. it's uh, it's got cast, you know, tapes, little mini DV tapes, yep. and uh, that was the go back then. I, I looked into hard drive and DVD and all these different things, yep. and that was to me was I was told that was the best way to go. Now, for some, I got to say, for about two and a half years, maybe even more, I've had this little Sanyo. Uh, they call it Xacti, uh, X-C-A-T-I, 
Ti or something like that. And it's a very small, tiny, weird little thing. It's got an SD card and you can record video in it. it. It's not brilliant quality, but it did the job. And and that's what Sanyo have brought out in this in this new model of Exacti, which is uh, this waterproof one. They've got a standard definition. They've got a high definition. And look, I don't know enough about digital cameras and the video market to, to be proficient in it. But what I can tell you is that the Sanyo model, I've seen three different models up at Bathurst. We, in fact, we had several different models up there and they had this standard definition, this high definition and, and a wide angle high definition. You could put a big lens on and everything. And these, these are simply SD memory cards, those little tiny memory cards sticking into it. And so if you put, Brian, I think the one that we've got here, I've put a 512 meg card yeah. in. And I think mm-hmm. we're talking about 20 minutes of video there. So you talk about having an 8 gig card and how much video that will store at a standard definition. And then think about the high definition ones, which obviously take up a lot more space. But with SD cards getting so much bigger these days, it won't be long before there's a 32 gig SD card, which will easily store an hour or more of high definition video. So I don't think it's going to be long before tapes, DVDs, to be honest, I don't see the point of DVD recording. On a, on a handy cam. No. Because it's, you know, you can't edit it. You can't. And it's can't, very fragile I just, technology. You, you yeah. know, you think of how CDs skip. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an expert, but I think they must skip and things like that. Mm. Um, I'd be sticking with tape or, or, or these new solid states because hard drive recorders have hard drives in them. So that's, you know, yeah. that's another moving part that can go wrong. And as Brian says, this is, there's no moving parts in this little thing. It's, it's unbelievable. For $699, you get a little camera, which is the size of your hand has a flip-out little LCD screen. It's beautiful. You can take still photos on it and videos on it. And then you just plug it into your computer and you immediately can edit it in. Uh, it comes with Adobe Premiere Elements. Um, and I think most companies will come out with these things very quickly if they haven't already. Um, and I think that's the way to go because most people at a, at a family level, let's talk family level because we, we're not talking about professional video editing here. We're talking about family snaps. I mean, my honeymoon, we took a little camera. We are in Las Vegas. We're taking photos of the dolphins and the tigers and all those things. We've got these great little videos, which are just on a, I've, I've burnt them on a CD. And they're all the little videos that we've got. And now I can take photos, videos of my son on this little thing. It's quite simple and portable. I mean, it's it's just wonderful technology, and I don't think it'll be long before everyone is using this little SD cards for for video cameras. And I think, unless you're looking at high-end video recording, then yeah. um, then you should be looking at one of these simple little handheld SD card-based uh, video cameras. Simple so, way uh, to go. I mean, uh, I, I'm aware of uh, the newer uh, high-capacity uh, SD media that's out yeah. there, which is um, up to about 16 gig, uh, which was released. Uh, yeah, and as I say, look, it'll grow day by day. Yeah. I mean, they, you buy a 16 gig thing and you've got the best, they'll release a 32. Yeah, that's right. So in terms <laughs> of uh, capacity, there's no shortage there. It's, it's more the technology no. evolving into... Uh, uh, adopting uh, the SD media as the uh, as the storage media. Really. That's right. Everyone has like you, if you put this camera that I'm holding in my hand now, this little uh, Exadi uh, waterproof Sanyo camera. Everyone has a comment on it, a complaint, maybe whatever. But it's all about preference. And yeah. the, the just the and I'm just talking about Sanyo only because I've been exposed to them. You know, it's not just because they're sponsors, but I've been exposed to the, to the product. They the three that I've seen gives a, a quick range you know it's a, there's this there's this sort of standard definition there's a high definition and then there's the full 1080 um i high definition in, in in this little seriously handheld thing which is using sd card can i just say i just used it to do a recording of a video and then to take the flash picture of you mm. and i have had no instructions on how to use it mm. without my reading glasses i can only just start to read the tiny little um uh, letters, print it, the, yes. the print on it, and uh, and there I am. You'll see, you've got a little video of Michael in the production room there, and there's a yeah. picture of you, and I was able to zoom in and crop the picture. I think I was able to do that. Oh, geez, a shocking photo, and too, isn't there it? there you Jeez, go. I won't so, be putting that on the oh, website. We can Photoshop, we can Photoshop that. You, yeah, got we can build up the shoulders and take the stubble away and take the red eye. Double chin's a problem. Sorry, mate. Oh, sorry. Yeah. How is the performance? I mean, uh, I mean, it all comes down to the speed at which uh, the data is accessed uh, to the SD well, card. Again, I I can't believe how quickly you can just open this thing up and it flips, it turns on straight away. I press the button; it's automatically recording right now. And then, you know, when I hit stop recording, it's a couple of seconds before, and there's a little red light flashing on it while it stores it to the card, and it's done, done, finished. Because it's writing it to the card as mm. it goes. Mm. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and. Basically, this is a great sort of thing. This is the sort of thing that you walk into a shop 
and I think, what did we say, Camry House? I think they said they're available. Mm-hmm. Walk into Camry House and say, listen, I want to see this thing. I want to feel this thing. I want to play with this thing. Because that's what they're there to do. They're there to sell you this product. Get them to let you hold it, play with it in the store, and you'll, you'll immediately be amazed by it. And then all you've got to do is take it home and learn how to edit. Edit videos, and you can make some fun videos. I mean... Video editing is such a big thing these days. I mean, people with Macs these days love this iMovie that, that, that they use now, and they've brought out a new version of iMovie. Windows has Windows Movie Maker, and now there's Adobe Premiere Elements. There's some really simple-to-use video editing programs, and I think, personally, that SD-based video cameras it makes it so simple because you can just drag and drop the files from the camera onto your computer and then edit them. Um, I think it's worth having a look at. Again, I'm talking family end here, and, you know, I'm not... I don't know and I haven't tried. I'm going to try the, the high-definition version for this car show I do because it, they get, that's going to be out in the open. It's going to be bumping around in the car and things like that. But um, anyway, if you're a surfer, get the get the waterproof one, a kayaker and that sort of thing. But you don't need that. You just need a standard-definition one, and they're, they're available right. as well. That's right. Good luck, okay. Jay. Listen, if you if you have a look at them or you buy one or you just research it, let me know what you think because I'd be interested in your feedback as, a, as, as someone who's interested and, right. and potentially going to buy one. I'd love to hear what you think of, of all the different cameras that are out there and, and how you can recommend it for other people. Definitely. Thanks very much. Good on you, Jay. Number one in Sydney, if you have any questions for Trevor, call 131873. The lines are open now. 131873. G'day, Dave. G'day, Brian. Trevor. Hi there. Hey, Dave. How can we help you, mate? Uh, that, well, you were talking about uh, simple things a little while ago. That's what I'm looking for. I'm a simple man. I like simple things. <laughs> Join the club. Uh, you know, in all the modern computers and laptops, mm-hmm. when you buy them, they come with a, uh, a hidden partition that you can reinstall it back. Most of them, yes. Your Dells, your HPs, those sort of things. Yep. Shebas, etc. So if you've got an 80 gig hard drive and you wonder why I've only got 75 gig there because there's 5 gig set aside where they store all the bits and pieces that came with it when you bought it. And they come in very handy because all the drivers and all the programs exactly. they give you with it are there as well. Exactly. But only, only dated to when it was built. So you've got to remember that when you install, when you bring that back up. So this is so we're talking this about. Is what I'm phoning you for. Right. What? What? <laughs> before I preempt you, why don't you tell about, me? I put about twenty other programs in. Yep. And now I want a simple yes. program that I can just hit the button and record it onto disk, so yes. that I can then put the disk in and have it reinstalled. Um, everything on the say the primary partition drive. Well, it won't go to a disk. I can well, tell you that because it's going to be it's going to be very big. Because I can, no, but I mean half a dozen discs is fair enough. Oh sure. Well, what you want is you want an external hard drive. That's what you want because that's oh, going yeah, to store whatever, whatever it's going to copy it to. It's exactly. going to be able to boot from it because I'm talking about if your here's hard what drive you want. Backs up. What you want to find is a program that ghosts. Okay, that's what it's called in the in I've the tried game. Logics. I mean, not as I've tried, tried um, DR Drive Image XP. I don't know anything about that, but what I can tell you, and again, this is for no reason other than I know of the product and I have used it in the past, mm-hmm. Norton, the people, Symantec, the people that make Norton antivirus, yep. they have a product called Norton Ghost. Oh, okay? yeah. Yep. Now, it costs money. It's, you know, probably 100 bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's call it $100, right? Yeah. Just for the sake of it. It's a, it's a CD. You install the program, and then it, it does exactly what you want. So the, the key here is to get your computer to a really good place. Okay, the best thing to do is actually format your computer, bring it back from li- to life, do a Windows update, get it all fresh, That's and then where it is right now, in- install, is install your key programs, Microsoft Office, uh, uh, Photoshop, whatever the programs are that you use, yep. and then go, right, this is how I want it to be. Yep. And then you get a ghost program, mm-hmm. and you, you create a ghost of your computer. Right. And, that, and then you have it stored on a whatever it is, a DVD or a hard drive, whatever it is, mm. and then when you have a problem... You know, a major problem, or six months, a year down the track, you decide, you know what, it's a bit sluggish now. I'm going to start all over again. Format C, wipe everything, do do a ghost, off you go. Yeah, I mean, you can do that even back to factory quality. Yeah. With the laptops, because you the, can put that hidden partition the problem with, onto a CD. But as you've identified, the problem with that factory partition is... You, you go right back to factory. You, you go back to factory, and Microsoft, as we all know, yep. release a new version of Windows, in theory, every day. Exactly. You know, there's new updates, <laughs> there's new security patches every single day. So if you spend six months doing downloads, you spend another six months and, straight away. You know, away. I was talking about that, that lovely lady, Rhonda, who um, who, who rang me. She, she had to download... A Windows update, and it yeah. tried. It, it automatically asked her to download Internet Explorer seven and all these different things. It was a hundred and fifty megabyte download. Oh no, they're enormous. I mean, you know, I talked last week about the new iPod, the iPod Touch. Yep. 
Now, it's a fantastic little thing, mm. but they've just released an update to it to mm -hmm. fix some, some little bugs they found. Yeah. 150 megabytes. Well, that sounds a bit like Microsoft, doesn't it? I mean, seriously, <laughs> people, what happened to getting it right before you before you ship something? That's what uh, I don't understand. Unfortunately, all the software people seem to do that one way that, or another. The, in the good old days, you'd buy something off the shelf and it would work. Nowadays, you buy a game, you, you install it, you have to then look for patches upgrades. and upgrades. <laughs> and it's patches. just silly. So, But, Dave, bottom line, what you're looking for is a ghosting program. You want a ghost or, mm -hmm. or system restore program. And there are plenty of commercial ones available. Yes, I mean, I went on the net looking for stuff and I couldn't find anything that would tell me what to... It, it could be the wrong terminology. So have a look on the net for system restore and ghost programs. Oh, okay. I know for a fact that I've just typed in Norton Ghost into Google yeah. and I've got Norton Ghost version 12 and it's called System Restore mm -hmm. Backup. And and that's, that's exactly what you want. We'll take it to prefer preferably to CD or DVD that I can boot from. Oh, I've, uh, what what happens is I wanted it, a bootable because I don't carry floppy disks. Well, this thing, this here's what it says: backs up to almost any media, including CDR and DVD, USB and FireWire external storage drives. Okay, mm. so pretty much everything, right? And then what you do is there's there's a disk that comes with it, so that when you need to back to to restore it, yep. you boot from that CD. Uh, that, that's what I was going. So you put that in, yes. and then it goes. Okay, well, Radio, you want to start again? Mm. Where do I find the backup? Yep. And then, then you tell it it's in the CD drive or it's on the external hard drive. You know what I mean? Yes. That's all you do. Very simple stuff and uh, a very worthwhile thing to do. In fact, because I've just gone through it's seriously taken me three weeks to rebuild my computer to a point where it's we've even got email going again. I should have done this myself, Dave. I feel like an idiot. You've made me feel like an absolute idiot. <laughs> I think I get the same problem. I have to reinstall my Windows probably once every five or six weeks. Oh, there you go. And all the programs that go with it. That's so very I'll regular, Dave. So. Oh, well, good luck with it, Dave. <laughs> okay, well, thanks very much, Trevor. No worries, Thank mate. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Dave. All the best. You're listening to Chip for Brains, thanks to Senyo Eniloop, the world's first ready-to-use rechargeable battery on 2GB. And you can get the Surf Report 10, some interesting stuff on the Chip for Brains website, which is Chip for Brains. Dot com, some book recommendations for those into literature, articles on some extraordinary claims in the world section and in the lifestyle section. They ask, have you got some unclaimed super? They might be able to help you find it. Great website. Though. And Wikipedia has gone global and is producing travel tips on thousands of destinations around the world. Good That's on handy. Wikipedia, but then it, you just got to remember, mm. Wikipedia. Remember, anybody can get in there. Anybody and can write edit. It. So yeah. it might say that uh, you know Tahiti is sunny every August, but it might be rainy every August. So you know people can change it. So <laughs> yes. just be very careful. Double be check careful. your research. Yeah. Check the check the references on the on the website. Absolutely, eleven to eleven on two GB. If you have any questions for Trevor, one three one eight seven three is the number to call. One three one eight seven three. G'day, John. Hi. Hi, John. Hi How can we help you, mate? Uh, good. Is I was talking to you about four years ago, Brian, in Windsor. Are you still playing in the band? I am indeed, first Sunday of the month. Thank Very you, started, John. And I love your show. Thank you. uh, <laughs> uh, listen, uh, I'm 80, and I love my computer, but if you ring up uh, on Skype... Mm -hmm. Does it take any megabytes? It does. Now, for people, we've mentioned this before, but Skype, for people who don't know, is, is, is the telephone on your computer. And you can use it. You can make phone calls via the internet to other people on the on on another computer or to other people on a landline. Now, John, everything you do on the internet takes up megabytes. Yeah. Now, audio takes up more than just emails. Uh -huh. Video, so if you've got a webcam, takes up even more. So uh -huh. yes, the bottom line is the more you use it, the more megabytes you use. Yeah. The number one, we, we we don't talk enough about it, and I must spend a bit of time one week on it. The number one thing that I recommend people do if they are worried about their usage on the internet, uploads and downloads, because uh -huh. a lot of people have limits. Yeah, you know, no, two hundred. You yet. might have a two hundred megabyte limit. I got four on. Yeah. What you need to do is is monitor that. Don't just uh, be complacent. Check every week. Most internet providers have a good site where you can log in to your account and you can see exactly how much you can use. I mean, I know Telstra Big Pond have one. You can check it every minute, every day yes, yes, to yes. see how much you're using. So make what you do is make spend a day, make some phone calls, and then check your usage the oh, next day. Oh, yes, I can do that, yes. Do you know what I mean? See how it works. See how much usage it, it, it took up. Uh, um, you know, I, I remember I started when internet gaming first started coming to, to be really big, and especially in the Xbox, so, you know, your Xbox, your PlayStation, when they started connecting to the internet, uh, and so you can sit in your lounge room, and I, this is it's freaky stuff, but I remember playing tennis uh, on an Xbox with someone in the United States, 
and having a headset on and talking to them. Completely geeky, I know, <laughs> but very cool stuff. And I remember looking at my usage the next day and going, wow, because every time I pressed a button, every time the ball travelled across the screen, every time I spoke, that took up space on the internet and I was charged for it. And so it was very important for me next day to, to see, hang on a minute, I can't do that every day. I don't have enough space. I don't have enough limit. So, John, the best thing you can do is make some phone calls, you know, of a reasonable time, oh, reasonable yeah, limit. Yeah, I, I never thought about it. Huh? Check your usage, see? Yeah. There you go. Listen, Trevor, uh, if, if you buy that router that mm. you're talking about, mm. I'm 80, I'm still learning, mm. but I'm doing pretty good. If you pull it router, is it expensive? Which sort of router are you talking about? Sorry? Well, well uh, I've got a laptop as well. Yep. And if I put a router, then I can use it from room to room. Yeah, yeah, yep. How much are they? Any, any idea? Oh, a couple hundred bucks maximum. Absolutely. Oh. Wireless. Get a wireless one from Harris Technology or someone like that. Again, I'm only talking about them because I use them and I get their little catalogue every week. But <laughs> stay with me there, John. I'll flick through my Harris Technology catalogue, which I keep with me, my trusty catalogue. I think you'll find a nice little wireless router. Here we go. Wireless ADSL router, $159. I think that actually has a built-in wireless modem as well. So you don't need that. There you go. $89. A Netgear four-port wireless router. Plug that into your uh, into your internet, yeah. and uh, bingo, both computers connecting to the internet, no problems, 100 bucks. Cool. Thanks very much. Give it a go, John. Thanks very much. Cheers, mate. Happy computing. And let's see, we'll take some more calls on 131873. Hello, Zoran. Uh, good evening. Good evening. Uh, I just had a new motherboard put in and a hard drive, and uh, I can't seem to print anything on my old, their very old printers, you know, Canon. Ah, uh, you've ticked the box there. It's a very old printer. Now, yeah. uh, Zoran, is is the printer plugged into? Now, there's there's two types of printer port. One is called LPT, and that's yeah. the big plug, about yeah, four centimeters wide. Yeah. Okay, so for other people, the other type is the USB, which everyone sort of knows about yeah. now, the little USB. So this is using LPT, which is the old analog style of, of communication between your computer and the printer. Mm-hmm. Now, so it's plugged into the LPT port, is it? Yep. And you've just had a new motherboard put in. That's the base, that's the big yeah. part of the computer. Yep. Now, the big question I have for you, and you, you won't be able to answer this, Soren, but I'm just trying to problem solve for you. Yeah. I would think that there's a couple of possible problems. Mm-hmm. One is that the, that the LPT port actually isn't working on your computer. Uh, but uh, when I try to print, it prints one line, then uh, the screen freezes up. The, the screen on the computer freezes up or the, it, or the printer? The, on the screen, it freezes up and I have to turn the computer off and restart it again. Now, when you inst- when you put the new motherboard in, did you install have to reinstall Windows and all that stuff again? Yeah, uh, somebody else done that for me because yeah, I don't know what to do. They did have to, yeah. Mm. The, the, the most important thing you can do, Zoran, I think you need to go away with, with these two pieces of advice. I don't know if I've actually got a second one, but I'll start off. Yeah. The, f- <laughs> the first one is to, to download the latest driver for that printer, even though it's an old printer. Yeah. Type in the model number. Go. Did you say it was a Canon? Yeah, Canon. Go, go to canon.com or yep. com.au mm. and search in the, the. There'll be support. There'll be downloads. Search there for that model and yep. download the driver. It might be three years old, the driver, but you want to get the latest driver. Are you still yep. using Windows XP? Yep. Yeah, great. So, so you want to find a, a driver for Windows XP and you want to install that and make sure that you're using the latest driver because it may be an old driver and that could mm. be the problem. But if I did download a driver, uh, then uh, how do I install it? Very easy, Zoran. Don't don't underestimate your own ability, Zoran. Yeah. <laughs> download it, save it to the disk. You know how when you click to download something, it says, do you want to yep. open or save? Yeah. Always save. Always save because then you've got a copy of it. Save mm-hmm. it to your C drive. And when it's finished yep. downloading, open mm-hmm. it. And when you open it, it'll just take you through it. It's a wizard. Mm-hmm. Just click next, next, mm-hmm. next, finish. That's basically all you have to do, and you have to sometimes mm. agree to some terms and conditions. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And then, and then it will it will search for the for the printer, and it will hopefully install it without a without a problem. Zoran, mm-hmm. um, I wish you luck, my friend. I hope I'm that works. Confused? <laughs> Don't be confused, Zoran. Go to the website, get the latest driver, yep. and see how you go, mate. Okay. Thank you very Good much. Good luck, buddy. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Zoran. You're listening to Chip for Brains, thanks to Senyo Eniloop, the world's first ready-to-use rechargeable battery on 2GB. And, of course, the fundamental question for those upgrading a computer is, am I being ripped off and being given last year's technology? Uh, do I have to have a minimum of dual-core Pentium? What about Athlons and all those other things? You know, it's really hard to go wrong these days. 
is it? It, it really is, Brian. You can be sold last year's technology you if you don't know. You absolutely can, but it depends mm-hmm. what you're doing, Brian. If you're looking at high-end gaming, then, yeah, you need to look for dual core, you know, two gig RAM and all that sort of stuff. But mm. if you're... Bu- the bottom line is, if you depends where you're buying. I mean, if you're buying off off your Dell, your HP, your Har- your Harvey mm. Norman, your Harris Technology, those sort of people, they don't have the stock to keep old technology. They're, yeah. they're getting rid of stuff so quickly. Yeah, yeah. Things sell so fast that you know when you the, the oldest technology you buy is the run out stuff. You know, mm. and uh, I know Harris Technology that they bulk buy stuff, and so mm. you can suddenly just buy a really cheap computer, and it doesn't mean it's old. It just means mm. that they bought stacks of them. Um, so I think it's it's important not to be afraid, um, mm-hmm. but it's important to be aware of what you're looking for. You know, there's several components to a computer. There's the hard drive size, mm-hmm. there's the there's the memory, the RAM, and then then there's the. There's not much under 80 gig in the hard drives now. It's oh no, you wouldn't. You'd be mad to get less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you get an iPod that's 160 gig now. <laughs> so you know, it again, it just pays to shop around. It pays to know what you want. Always walk in informed. I want to buy a computer because I want to. Mm-hmm. access the internet. I want to buy a computer because I want to play really cool computer games. That mm-hmm. You know, you've got to know the answer to those questions or you'll be sold to data. It's like buying a car. Yeah. You don't need a, a car with seven seats if you've only got three people in your family. Mm. So you've got to know the answers to the questions before you go in there. So anyway, that's just the way it is. There's one thing I wanted to mention. Um, mm-hmm. Many, many weeks ago, we, start, we talked about Foxtel Digital and, and how I have Foxtel IQ. And I don't know that I mentioned at the time the internet version of Foxtel IQ. I can I can sit here tonight and I can log onto the Foxtel website. I've registered my account with Foxtel on the internet so that I can log in using mm-hmm. a, a username and a password and I can look at the uh, look at the program guide. Now I leave here at 11, get home about 11:40. If there's a program that, that's on at 11 or 11:15 or 11:30 or even overnight, I can set it to record mm-hmm. right here on the computer and it sends a signal back to my home to the Foxtel IQ box. Yeah. And it will record. It's got a hard drive in it. Mm. Mm. It's connected via via a phone line, but it sends the signal mm. down the normal oh, yeah. uh, cable. Mm. Bingo! I can set my computer via my computer. I can set my Foxtel IQ to record any program on the next seven days. How expensive is it to set up a little camera at home or your office and you want to keep an eye on it to make sure no one's breaking in or something and then you can look at it from a remote if you've computer? Got, if you've got ADSL, i.e. you've mm. got the internet on all the time, Yep. Uh, let's say you've got a Wi-Fi little network, you can get Wi-Fi cameras that do exactly that. Mm. You know, Just webcams, basically. You set up a webcam and you leave it on all the time. Mm-hmm. And you can make it so you can access it from home. You've got to be very careful because of security issues. You know, you're basically opening up your your, your camera, let alone your home, to mm-hmm. to security. Because if, if you can look at it, it means that in the end someone ah, else can. Other people can look at it, yeah. Now, sure, it can be password protected. But mm-hmm. you've got to remember that passwords can be hacked and all those things. So mm-hmm. be a bit careful with that sort of thing. But, yeah, there's wonderful things you can do with cameras and that sort of stuff these days. Well, thanks very much, Trevor. Your website again? TrevorLong.com. As I said, we've got the AnyLoop Sanyo batteries there to give away. Just log on, make a comment, and we'll send you some batteries maybe next week. But um, plenty of reviews there of the iPods and mobile phones, all different things, and that new Sanyo waterproof camera, which um, we'll give away three of those over the next few months leading up to Christmas. Fantastic. Have a great week. Look forward to seeing you next Thursday See you night. See next Thursday. Bye for now. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. <laughs> Uh, that was fun. It was fun. I've got to say, I enjoyed listening to it. I haven't listened to any of my shows back, ever. I've never listened to myself. I listened to that whole 45 minutes in case there was something stupid in it. Uh, and there wasn't. It was weird, but it wasn't. It. But let's just think about that, right? The first caller. By the way, I do more callers on this podcast every week than I did back then. There was only two, four, five. So sometimes we get six or seven callers here every week. So it's fascinating. Um, but anyway, um, the first caller, I'm like, listen, uh, don't get dial-up. Go straight to ADSL. I mean, the fact that dial-up was still an option 15 years ago. Our email problems still happening. Channel 7, you know, bidding off an unwired and owning engine. Back then, such a big deal. Talking about digital cameras and how SD cards were the future. iMovie being a cool thing. And then you got to call about partitions and win- me whinging about software updates. I still do that. Wikipedia, not the behemoth that it is today, but still a word of warning. Trying to explain what Skype is, for crying out loud. Also, who picked up on the, for a gaming PC, get two gigabytes of RAM? And we're talking about dual core processors. You know, the ability to set your Foxtel remote record. I still think that's cool. Uh, remote security cameras, you know, doing giveaways. We're doing 31 giveaways in 31 days right now. Um, so doing giveaways was something I loved doing back then still. And the, the funniest part of it all was trevorlong.com, which still works, by the way. It just takes you to my Facebook page. 
Um, and if you want a real trip down memory lane, go to archive.org, look up trevorlong.com and, and have a read of those things from back then. It is a huge blast from the past. I'm, I, I really did enjoy doing that. Um, it's like, I want to do it again. Um, anyway, let me know what you think. If, if, if you hated it, let me know. If you loved it, let me know. Um, otherwise, thank you for listening back again next week. We'll take your calls next week again on the EFTM podcast. Lots coming up, lots of tech news this week. So listen to Two Blokes Talking Tech. The movie podcast this week is Interstellar. Um, thank you for listening. We'll uh, see you next week. <laughs>